Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi-ho, everybody. Welcome back to Disney Plus Us, the weekly version where we're talking about exclusive shows on that there Disney Plus streaming service. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Griffin Tunnel, Griffy D-Pad, and with me is the wonderful, amazing, talented Mr. Mitch George. How's it going? Great, sons, Griffin. It is a terrific day this side of Moss Sespa. I am so excited to be talking about this one. We are talking about... The finale of the Book of Boba Fett, episode you know, chapter seven. Did you notice though they called it a season finale on Disney Plus, not they a series did. finale? We'll get into that because the way this ends is so yeah, we will. cheeky. Yeah, we will. <laughs> um, yeah, chapter seven. Uh, I don't remember the title off the top of my head, but it was really good. Uh, it was. It wasn't as good as From the Desert Come a Stranger, but. I'll that was up. that was like perfectly cheeky. Mm-hmm. This one was like poignant. Uh, this one yeah. was titled "In the Name of Honor." Say, this episode is very much like, yeah, we did six episodes of setting up something, and here's a payoff, I guess. Yeah. So remember, folks, from here on out, we are full spoilers for the entirety of the Book of Boba Fett. And before we get I'm into gonna... the spoilers, before we get into spoilers, Griffin, I just have to yes. say, May twenty fifth. Obi-Wan Kenobi, a Disney Plus series. I'm so excited. I'm so happy we're getting this. I wanted May the 4th, but May the 25th makes a lot of sense as well, being the 45th anniversary of the release of A New Hope, which is just crazy to to me. Like, it's too good not to use that date. Yeah, it is. All right, spoilers. Book of Boba Fett. Full spoilers here out for the Book of Boba Fett. To be safe, I'm also giving a spoiler warning for the entirety of The Mandalorian. Yeah, this, this is your point, and, and now. There's going to be speculation. There's going to be theories, and there's going to be a bunch yeah, of stuff. A bunch Clone of Griffin saying how Dutch. right he was and how wrong I was. It's going to be great. All right, let's get to that because I'm so excited for this part of the show. Mitch, we've had an argument on this show for the last. You few weeks were right about whether or not Boba Fett was going to live. But that's not even that's not even my crowning joy of things I was right about. Damn it. I made a half-assed joke about uh, about the uh, the marshal or whether or not he was alive, and I made a joke of saying he was both. And Mitch, Mitch, he was both. He, it's Schrodinger's marshal at this point. He's in the back of the tank. The splicer's gonna be splicing. He's gonna show up as RoboCop. It's gonna be great. I can't wait for that. But well, let's talk about the episode first. What do you think of this episode? Uh. There was a lot of setup in the first four episodes of this show that did not pay off. Like, there was a lot that they did to try and enamor you to this character. And then said, oh, yeah, by the way, this is basically Mandalorian 2.5. And just brought it back to Mando and Grogu. And those are the characters you care about by the end of this. The the Boba Fett story doesn't really matter because nothing really happened. Right? Like, he decided to take the power in Mos Espa. Someone else is like, nah. He's like, yeah. They're and like, they nah. And then he was like, yeah. What more do the you end. need from a story? I need a little more character development because we no, got okay. a lot of this flashback to Boba and what got him to this point. But then we lost all that, like all that momentum they were building because the last two episodes, you had Boba on screen for a total of 60 seconds. 
Yeah. And then you I, get um, here and you're supposed to care about this character again. And I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to care about him the way I did in those first couple of episodes. Yeah. I definitely, I, I was, I just, I also have a ridiculous attachment to Boba Fett. I think one of the things we talked about a lot on the opening of the show is that Boba Fett is a badass and he never feels like a badass in this show. No. I think we finally got that in this episode. I disagree. I think, I think there was he was a little too complacent of like are they coming to help? Yeah. Okay, great. Oh, it's not it's not whatever See, the not place is called. It's Freetown. I was like, okay, yeah, people of Freetown, they can have whatever they want. I'm not gonna argue. Like give them what they want. Like it just I definitely see that, but too... like there was that moment with Cad yeah. Bane when he walks out of that out, walks out of the corner and he says, I thought I smelled something, and that entire scene was I loved that. And they do some really great things. I think where the issue comes down with this show for me is you get these, you have these interesting characters. And I think it's safe to say that all of the new characters were mostly great. I know the speeder bike gang, people are divisive on that. I love them. I want to see. I really like the ones that made it through, but there was also a couple of moments in here. I'm like, why is the only character in all of star Wars that has a purple blaster laser this random dude in this mod squad. I don't and know why does he randomly do a spin? To, to, <laughs> I was going to bring why, that up. Why did he spin? I was going to bring that up. It was so unnecessarily what? dramatic. It was so Robert Rodriguez. I'm like, this is a scene was, straight out of Spy so Kids perfect. 3D. Like, it's, it's so unnecessary. Like, for me, with that is, it does some really good stuff with that. But with, like, the old characters, what I really was frustrated by is... You have you started with these really interesting moments of taking these things from Star Wars we already knew and kind of deconstructing them a little bit and giving us a new spin. Like we empathized with Tuscan Raiders and with Rancor in a way that we never did. Yeah. And by the end of those storylines, they're just pushed back into the original status quo. I think it's egregious with the Tuscan Raiders and the way that that storyline ends. I'm yeah. actually kind of upset about that. There needed to be some payoff to that, and there wasn't. The payoff was, oh, it was actually the Pikes and not the biker gang. So now Boba Fett has more reasons to be mad at the Pikes. Which was apparently a reveal. I thought they had revealed that already. I don't remember them revealing it. I also don't remember him, you know, there was no flashback to, sh- to be like, oh, yeah, he totally fucked up those biker dudes. Like, he mm-hmm. did it in that bar scene, but that was before they had all gotten murdered. So yeah, I don't remember if they had shown that or not. Like, that was it, a frustrating, because that, they took this interesting storyline and then essentially just killed off the native species in what felt really weird. Um, this episode also felt like it was kind of, I don't want to say rush, but I think that they went back and made edits as the series was coming out. So. Because there were some, there were some like Bohemian Rhapsody level edits here. It was, oh, I it was jarring at times. I thought the editing was pretty good. I think that there was a couple of really weird points in this move in this episode. Like we did not need to see the uh, the green guys getting knocked off the cliff. That was, like, that kind, was, of, not... that was kind of depressing though, because it's like, oh, they've been around for so long, and then all we got is a. I mean that that uh, it would have been great if in that moment they 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 said something because we've had no character build from these guys other than the fact that they're loyal. But also, like, what is going through their head that oh yeah, the best place for us to patrol this spaceport is with our backs to a giant abyss. Like, 
Uh, Why? Hey, Mitch. They wee wee weed all the way home. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> At least it wasn't a Wilhelm scream. We got that later. Uh, yeah, but I I mostly enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a really good way to wrap up the series, and which is what a weird series. We'll get to like the overall stuff later. Yeah. The yeah. Weirdest... I mean, I like I had a good I had a good time with this episode. Don't get me wrong. There was just some weird choices from an there was, editing and direct that I... or, like a yeah. There was some weirdness. There's only two things that I didn't really love in this episode. First off was the negotiation scene with the goddamn mayor's assistant. I just hated Dude, this. I loved that. I thought that was so good. It was they great. They just used him as a end. total redirect. Like it was great near the end, but I just wanted him to shut up. I just don't like I this character. I, I like th- this character is weirdly divisive. Of like, you expect the guy that's working for the scumbag mayor to be this like he 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 like evil assistant kind of guy, whereas this guy is just all like gravitas and. And you get a little more backstory of like, yeah, he he, went, he was finished on Coruscant, and he's got all this like Look, that was, legal that was training. The line all that this did crap. it for me of like, I just cannot stand this character anymore. He's like, I was educated on Coruscant, not that it makes me better than anyone. I was like, no, I don't care anymore. No, I know you don't care, but it's also like it's it's kind of refreshing to get a character like this in this role. And I thought the the delivery was on point throughout the entirety of the series of this guy being very much like two faced politician. Like you don't you don't get this with the guy being like. You know, thumbs up the whole time. It's very much like, oh yeah, I'll do that for you. And then behind the scenes, he's like, he, I will, I, I will kill your dog or whatever it is. Yeah, but, that was that was one of the pain points for me. But the other pain point for me was this kind of out of nowhere. I don't even want to call it a B plot. It was more like a C or a D plot between one of the mods and one of the people for Freetown of this weird camaraderie between the two that forms that just kind of comes out of nowhere. <laughs> It was almost like a like an un, unseen like rivalry, and I feel like there is some of that between the the city folk and the the free folk or whatever. Like whatever they said at the beginning, like oh yeah, what are the what are these farmers doing in here? It's like oh, just saving some f- city folk butt or whatever. And it was like I thought I that banter it, was but it fun. Just, it felt un. I think that's a lot of this episode. It just felt unearned. Yeah, yeah, because they're. You you understand the the cadence of these characters separately from Mandalorian going to Freetown and doing all that stuff as well as the build we've gotten of the the mod squad, which is what I'm going to call them. I don't care what anyone else has to say uh, that we've had in uh, Boba Fett. And there really wasn't this cross like they tried to make a moment happen. And I thought like it was tongue in cheek. So whatever, I can laugh it off as being just one of these quirks of Star Wars. But yeah, it didn't it didn't to your point, it didn't feel earned. And like, um, don't get me wrong, like. Drash was Sophie Thatcher's character was one of my favorite characters in the series that they introduced. Like I She's really phenomenal. like this character. Yeah, I really hope we see more of this character either in Mando or Boba Fett. If we get more Boba Fett or anything, really, yeah, if just we give get me more anything. Boba Fett, I feel like she's going to kind of be the emotional center of the show. So that's very much what they've set up for her. Oh, I have a I have a feeling of what they're actually setting up for if they do a Boba Fett season two, but we'll get to that in a bit, I'm sure. But I also want to just circle back because we talked a lot about Cad Bane, and I thought that Corey Burton did a phenomenal job here of finding a way to, in a very short amount of time, both endear the audience to a live action version of this character we've known for so long, and then also give him a proper send off in the grand scale Maybe. of the Star Wars universe. Maybe. Maybe I... rest in peace finally. Mm. No, Cad Bane doesn't. Yeah. Die. <laughs> I don't know. To use that thing. character for two episodes, I feel like they could bring him back. They brought people back from, from worse. So 
Cad Bane has died so many times at this point. Yeah. And, like, I say die in quotes. Like, he's never actually died. But, like, if he's dead, honestly, I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. I just wish we had more live-action Cad Bane. Maybe we'll get some. I mean, we know we're getting the Obi-Wan series in a little bit. There's no reason why he couldn't pop up there for whatever reason. Um, this space between the prequels and the and the, the original trilogy is one that there's still a lot of space to explore, whether in live action or animation. So there's never a reason why this character won't pop back up. Yeah, I um, don't think we've seen the last of Cad Bane. Cad Bane is such an influential character now and is... Cad Bane also kind of falls under the category of, like, Filoni's babies. Yeah. Of, like, this is a character Filoni really, really loves. Well, we're getting so much Ahsoka, right? Yeah. Hey, I'm fine with that. I know. Uh, to Speaking circle back to... Okay, you have one thing you want to talk about. I want to circle back to something else, but it's fine. Oh, yeah, let's circle back before we go to the new stuff. Okay, so just circling back, talking about characters having moments that were unearned. The Rancor. Like, I get it. It was cool. But, again, this felt like a very much of a, oh, yeah, Danny Trejo shows up with a Rancor, and we're going to train it. And then within three episodes, the thing is battle-ready and taking out half the city and these two destroyer droids. Like, so was it always that big? It looked a lot smaller when it first show, was first shown in the show. Maybe there was a time jump. I don't know. But, like, yeah, they, again, there, there, were, there was spectacle, but there wasn't a sense of it being earned. But let's move on. We can talk about Yeah, Jedi's. I very much agree with that. Although, for me, it was that moment when the Rancor grabs the edge of that building... Like looking like Godzilla, like that there were a lot of cool monster movie mo- like nods here. The whole, the whole thing with the Rancor climbing the tower was King Kong. Yeah, but like seeing um, Boba Fett initially on the Rancor was one of the what is a highlight cool. moment for me in this because like cool. that shot that was shot for shot from the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, interestingly enough, though, like I, we're what three or four episodes removed from the Rancor showing up and. Yeah. When that hand comes over the top of the wall, I'm watching this with my wife, and she's, she's what's happening? What is this? I'm like, we are so far. Like, there wasn't enough of a, a, a through line between these episodes. Like, they hint at it by saying there's a Rancor here, but, like, there is no through line of, oh, yeah, he's training this Rancor. Okay, it's going to be something to do with this final battle. Like, there's enough of a disconnect from where that happens in the plot in this finale that someone like my wife, who isn't, you know, she likes Star Wars, but she's not, like, ingrained in it the way you or I are. But, like, she loves Grogu, loves Mando, all that stuff. Uh, she chuckled very much at the uh, the screenshot you sent me that you have just labeled Sarah Conan on your machine. <laughs> um, yes, for what it's worth, folks, I took a screenshot of Grogu at the very end of the episode. We'll get to that. We'll get to Grogu. Because Grogu is the emotional heart of this finale. It is um, currently the screensaver on my computer as well. As it, as it should be. But that hand coming over the top of the wall, she didn't recognize it because they didn't do enough to set this up for the casual Star Wars fan that, yes, this is a thing that is going to happen, and then it happens. But the, it doesn't pay off for casual fans. It pays off for people who are ingrained in it. But even then, it still feels unearned. Yeah, that was one kind of disappointing thing of, like, when this show initially started, it felt like a very good jumping-in point. Like, the first four episodes especially, when it was just Boba Fett, it felt like a really good spot to be able to jump in and, you know, have Star Wars not necessarily need all that knowledge. Because, like, that's, for me, and this is coming from a massive Marvel fan, the more stuff you have to watch, the less accessible something's going to be. Right. That's just, that's always the case. Uh, and Star Wars is a very, very big issue with that. 
So when this initially started, it really felt like, oh, we're finally going to get that th- that thing where it's, oh, it's fine. Anyone can watch this. And we didn't really get that. I mean, I, I understand the, the world that Filoni and Favreau were trying to craft here of this all being intertwined and basically taking the formula that works so well in Clone Wars of all these inter- interstitial stories having some through point. And in this case, I think that through point is Grogu. Um, but having it be a place where you can jump in and jump out, you won't understand everything, but these stories kind of exist on their own. I think it's it's an interesting approach to take. I wonder how long this will work within the Star Wars mythos. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch and to follow over here, see how people receive things like Ahsoka, things like, you know, the Rangers of the New Republic show that is never going to happen. Things like the... Rogue Squadron movie that's probably been canceled by now. I'm really to see how Andor does. I'm the, curious about that because I feel like that can stand on its own if that, you have a familiarity of, with this character. That's what's coming. Like that feels like the most like standalone thing we're going to be getting in soon. So I'm really curious to see how that does. Or then there's also like I think there was like a detective show set in Star Wars that we're getting. I'm forgetting the name of it. That's like the latest thing we're getting from Star Wars though. But There's a lot about, of Star Wars stuff coming. Starting talking just about the book of what was how did uh, Cad Bane say it? Bulba. Like it was a really weird way of saying Boba. Um, are you talking about the? This. Are you thinking of the acolyte? I am thinking of the acolyte. Okay. Um. There were so many great moments. I, I like we've been pretty we've been relatively negative on it. There's a lot of trust me. There's a lot there. But there's, there, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot to criticize. But overall, I think we both enjoyed this finale. I think we both enjoyed this series. As as you know, I want I want to talk Wars about fans. some of the some of the great moments. So let's just talk about all the Grogu moments right off the bat. Before we get to Grogu, I just want to give a shout out to Mando in the that that whole exchange with him and Boba Fett of Boba being like. You can leave if you want. Like I'm, I know I'm royally screwed. But if you want to leave, you can leave. He's like, no, I'm sticking to my creed. And it's kind of that first instance of like a post Grogu Mando who's willing to just sacrifice it all for his creed because he knows he's made mistakes. And I guess is kind of content with Grogu being with the Jedi. And, so that, and start, yeah, that scene in particular symbolized everything I love about Star Wars. I, I largely avoid talking about Star Wars fandom outside of our show for the obvious reasons. People don't like talking about it? No, because people, the Star Wars fandom is horrible. Oh, there's that too, yeah. <laughs> but the characters, the characterization of these people, it's so good. The moments where it isn't this big grand story, it's letting these characters just exist in the moment. This moment of where he's like, you follow that creed, the dumb creed, yes, good. And they have the moment of we'll both die with honor. And then to follow that with just this hype moment of when he says this is the way and pulls out his blaster. Uh-oh. Was such a great moment. And then it's followed by what I hate the most out of Star Wars. You get another character that just pulls you right out of that moment. See, I didn't mind it because it subverts the expectations of how that scene is going to go. Uh, and it also is kind of this Bo put on Boba Fett of, okay, he's kind of redeemed. He he wants to be a better person. He doesn't want to be this bounty hunter killer anymore. And you get that with the exchange early in the episode with him saying, with Mando being like, yeah, no more spice. Boba immediately agreeing to it, knowing it's better for his people. And Fennec being there like, 
nah, bitch, we in this to make money. What are you talking about? And him just kind of blowing her off. I feel like that's going to ruffle some feathers if we do get a season two of Boba, which I don't know if we will. I feel like you could almost just have an episode of The Mandalorian be the return of the of the foundling, and it is Boba Fett and not Grogu or something like that. If we're to get another show on Tatooine, yeah, jokes on you, we're getting another one on May 25th. It's called Obi-Wan. Yeah, um, we are. <laughs> but if we were to get another one like, with this, with these folks and stuff, I wouldn't want it to be about Boba Fett. No. Like, I genuinely want it to be about the mods. Um, I have told you from the beginning of us talking about this show that Boba Fett is not an endearing character, and by the end of this, I still stand by that, that I don't want another story focused on Boba Fett. Let him be that background character. Bring Tamora Morrison back to do stuff, because that's awesome. Give me Captain Rex in Obi-Wan, please. Uh, please! But yeah, I'm, 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 ready to, I'm ready to leave Tatooine. I know we're not going to do it very soon, because the next Star Wars thing is the aforementioned Obi-Wan show, but I'm ready for stories that aren't on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. I would like that, or rather I'd like a, sh- or a, sh- a show that takes place in between the original trilogy and the prequels, where they mm-hmm. stop saying that Tatooine is some nothing planet. Because <laughs> it's not just a nothing planet anymore. <laughs> I would I would love for them to just be like, no, you know what we're going to do? We're going to create a show called Tatooine, and it's going to go over the origins of why this planet on the Outer Rim is so goddamn important to the freaking everything that happens I in this goddamn universe. I saying this because I can see them doing that. Why not? They would. Make it a mini-series, have them each be like individual episodes that have a different story they tell on Tatooine? Sure. The origin of blue milk. Let's talk about Grogu. Yeah, we will. Hard left turn. Dude, the moment the let's just start at the beginning, the moment the X-Wing pulls in. I thought it was Luke. I thought Luke was showing up to the fight. But also just watching her get to reunite and then speak for the fandom of Grogu. That's a terrible name. I'm sorry. I'm not calling you that. Fuck that. Yeah, Amy Sedaris has been phenomenal throughout all of this. And I, I, I love the the thing that they could do to make me hate going back to Tatooine would be to kill off that character yeah. at this point. Well, she has one line that's like it's so perfect of when they're running away from the tank version of the spider droids. They're called like scorpion something. I'm, I'm going to call them. The Scorpionek Annihilator droids, which were actually conceptual art for episode two as being upgraded destroyer droids, have never appeared in animation or live action. They've been talked about in some of the extended like universe stuff pre-Disney acquisition. It's and now we got them in their full-on glory, and we'll talk about them, I'm sure. But there's, there's, there's the moment where they're running away from that, and Mando asks him to go faster, and then she just throws the wrench at the droid. Of, like, that line is ridiculously cheesy and campy. Or but I, because I it's coming mo- from Amy Sedaris, it's perfect. I also love the, lo- the, the moment where her and the character that you hate, the Twi'lek uh, marriage assistant... Yeah. Are like about to get annihilated by this rancor, and they're just screaming. And then Grogu's just gone. He's like, "Where the hell did Kiko?" That was funny. I will give you that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just everything about Grogu the the uh, the reuniting scene had me in tears. I, I cried when he jumped into Mando's arms, and I'm that like, "This isn't. That... This wasn't the place for that to happen. This isn't the Mando show." It. I was fine with it just because I wanted this reunion for a while. I did too. It just um, seemed like it was misplaced within the Star Wars sphere. I don't know. That's fine. 
Yeah, I get what you're saying. We'll talk about that more in a second, though. Yeah, um, but yeah, the hug is what started the tears. But when he pulls his like shirt down and he sees the Beskar shirt, that's what broke me. <laughs> He's like, you, you got the shirt. You got the shirt. <laughs> it was so good. I really wish we had seen the exchange between him and Luke, though. I think we will. I think that's gonna. They're gonna get. We're gonna get a flashback to that. Part of Mando. Yeah, like it's the that thing we mentioned. Of like this is whatever. A, for better and worse. This this show is focused to Boba Fett. Except for the is two it though? episodes that it's not. Um, I would. That, I would argue even the finale isn't focused on Boba Fett. I'd argue it. It is still. I think they just also had another storyline they had to wrap up. Um, That's the thing. There's, there was, there was, they were trying to tell too much story in the same series. It needed to be one thing know. or the other, and not lean into both. For me, I, at least, I think it's just because of how much I love the Clone Wars, where I think it works, where they Fair do this, this kind of thing all the time in that show. I, I, I will tell you, based on this show coming out, I've restarted the Clone Wars. I'm going to do a rewatch of the Clone Wars. I watched the movie over the last couple of nights. Good luck. Damn, with that does that season. still hold up? Hmm? That first season though is rough. It is, but like I can understand, like it's a whole bunch of anthology episodes, and then it gets really good. Yeah, just skip the first season. Um, that's my advice for folks if you've never watched the Clone Wars. Skip I may go find. I think um, Barrett Courtney from Kind of Funny put together a like de facto Defendant. list of these are the episodes you need to watch. I might just do the Courtney cut of Clone that Wars might be this a time good around. About it. I me, did I tell you the joke about Captain Rex? And this, I think I sent a, a TikTok of it to you. But you did, but I, I do this terrible thing where I let my TikToks build up until I've got like 150 notifications, and then I go through them. <laughs> it's a really bad thing. There was a joke of um, Captain Rex will never be in a uh, will never be in a show with Boba Fett because the actor who plays Captain Rex slept with the actor who plays Boba Fett's wife. Because the joke is <laughs> they're the same person. <laughs> they're the same person. That's great. I'd love to see an exchange between Boba Fett and uh, any of the clones, honestly. I but I just that. I don't think the with the rapid aging thing, there really isn't a way to do that without de-aging Tamar Morrison. And so I what's your bet? Do they, if, let's say this theoretically happens in the future, because we used to do this for Ahsoka and Luke, and we got that. Do they hate each other, or do they love each other? Rex and Boba Fett? Like, do, do they have this camaraderie because they're both clones? Now, I feel like Boba Fett has, like, a disdain for the clones, because they've kind of, like, dullied the legacy of his quote-unquote father. See, that's and that's I something Cad Bane brings up in the episode of like you've got your your father's blood running through your cold blooded killer. It, Dude, his it, it's just crazy. Is. This seventy plus year old Cad Bane's like, ah, fuck you. You know him faster than you when he was. Yeah. Right. Dude, everything was everything that involved like actual fighting and combat in this episode. I loved it so much. Like seeing Boba Fett and Mando in the air. They use the jetpacks. Thank you for realizing you have jetpacks and using the goddamn jetpacks. I mean, like I've, I've said it for a while. One of my favorite episodes in all of our se- scenes in all of the Mandalorian is in that first season when yeah. they're escaping the town. All the Mandalorians come flying out and are on their jetpacks shooting things up and yada yada. Yeah, they do. I'm like, use the jetpacks because they're freaking cool. And they did. They used the jetpacks. They Not listen. to mention just... I love seeing Mando use the dark saber. He's got to learn how to use that damn thing. I was hoping. Like, I don't so know goofy, who it's gonna. Man. My my theory still stands that he's gonna lose the dark saber in the next season to somebody bad, and then by the time the fourth season of Boba F- or of Mando rolls around, Grogu will be strong enough that he can challenge whoever has the dark saber to become the ruler of Mandalore. 
Yeah. But I feel Pardon? like we need a time jump for that character and people are going to hate it when it happens. Yeah, definitely. The problem is also like you don't know how long that time jump's going to be. Just because I mean, of how that how that how they've established that character in aging specifically. I mean, it, it'll work though because I mean Pe- uh Pedro Pascal's going to get older, but also he wears a helmet. So it could be, yeah, I'm a 75-year-old Mandalorian. They just, you know, use some VFX to age him when he takes his helmet off every, you know, once every season. Yeah, and eventually you can get to the point of it's not even happening. You use another voice mm-hmm. because, like, the voice is already distorted coming out of the helmet. Exactly. Yeah, the, there's so much awesome moments. And I think the other one I really want to shout out is just the use of uh, BK. Yeah. Of like, I got a little annoyed at the moment when like they all take him down because that would that should that would never happen to this character. There were there were a lot of there were a lot of guys to be fair, but he also fights through it. But those blasters coming him like he's not gonna make it, he's not gonna make it. Then he makes it. And I also I love love the moment where he finds sees the force field. Like fuck it, I'm just gonna go through the force field. I mean, he had the right approach. If anyone had thought the way Ahsoka did in Clone Wars of just let's slowly roll a grenade through this barrier. Boom. Problem solved. Well, but it's, instead it's they just, drag it out into this blaster battle for 25 minutes of an hour long episode. And it just, it felt like it went on longer than it needed to. I don't, I like the length of it. I think like one of the things I really love about Robert Rodriguez is he knows how to do a, he knows how to do a standoff. No, like, no, no. I agree there. I just, I felt like the, the encounter with the robot, like with the droids was a little, longer than it needed to be i feel like they might have been able to wrap that up a little a little sooner uh i agree i'm happy we got an episode of this length i'm, I'm glad we got the wrap-up to the storylines we had and setting up presumably you know mando doing mando things for his show and cop vanth doing cop vanth things in boba fett season two which is where i think the character is going to pop up again if if they go that route but so do you yeah think it's gonna be interesting have, to see. do you think we'll get a proper season two I think we do because there's this line at the end where this exchange between Boba and, and Fennec of like, we're not really made for this. And she's just like, well, if not us, who? And I think the answer to that is Cobb Vanth. I think Cobb Vanth is the guy to be running Moss Espa. And I think they'll come to that conclusion between him and the mods and, and Boba and there will be this weird exchange or something. But like, this isn't a role Boba Fett was meant to fill with the kind of character that he is. Maybe he is just trying to settle down. And this is what happens, but it it still doesn't seem right to me that he got this like proper ending to this show of like, yeah, let's just rebuild the town, y'all. It just it felt unearned. I I liked I think the I thought the ending felt earned, not necessarily that part, but the moment of him giving BK the melon and them all having this one little moment of camaraderie, like that felt really earned to me. But I definitely see what you're saying of like him. Him running things doesn't necessarily feel it yet. Maybe they'll change it. Maybe they won't. Let that's obviously for the future. But and even if they change it, like they didn't do enough in the four and a half episodes we had with Boba Fett in the seven episode season of making us, you know, care about why he's taking this responsibility. And I don't know if they're going to if they gave it more time. I think it's got to be one of these like. Make it a subplot of Mando. I don't know if it carries another season of the show on its own. I think if... I really hope we don't see another season of this, frankly. I want Boba Fett to appear more. I still love this character. 
but I don't think that another season of this is, is frankly needed. I would love another series with this underworld of Tatooine. I would love that. But I don't think Boba Fett should stay a part of it. I think we should move on to these new characters. And that's something I think of for all of Star Wars. Like, yeah. I love the original cast. I love Luke. I love Han. I love Leia. But like move you on. said, the, the characters in this show that mattered most to us was everyone that wasn't inspired by the original trilogy, right? Yeah. Boba Fett is the one character in this show... I don't care about. I care about Mando. I care about Grogu. I care about Fennec. Like, Dave Filoni has done this thing between Clone Wars and this, where and Rebels to an extent, where I care about the characters. Whereas I don't care about Boba Fett. Boba Fett's a, an interesting character from a background perspective, but I don't think, given the limelight, that there's enough for this character to carry a show on his own. At this point, the only old character I absolutely 100% care about anymore is Ahsoka. And that's because I've had seasons upon seasons of time with this character. I wouldn't even call Ahsoka an old character. Like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, the George Lucas Star Wars versus the Dave Filoni Star Wars is essentially yeah, where I'm calling that divide of, like, Luke was... It was neat seeing Luke. I don't need more stories with the Skywalkers. It was neat seeing Boba Fett. I don't need more stories with Boba Fett. I want to see more Fennec. I want to see an expansion on black or Santan. I want to know more about Santo as they call him in this episode or BK, whatever you want to I call love him. I called him Santo. I love it. I love it so much. And like, I want to see more with these mod and the modding community of Tatooine. I want to see more Grogu because Grogu is the greatest character we've had in star Wars and probably since Ahsoka. <laughs> I don't care for Boba or the Skywalkers anymore. I want new stories in this world. And I feel like Filoni is by and large going to deliver that. I think this was just more of a passion project for Robert Rodriguez, and we did it. Got it out the door. It was the gunslinger, cowboy, western, Boba Fett story that a lot of people had been yearning for for decades, and we got it. Now let's move on. Yeah, I really love this series. It is messy. Like, yes. When I was first thinking of, like, I knew one of the things that I wanted for us to talk about was this, this season as a whole and this show as a whole. And I, was like, and I was trying to come up with thoughts of, like, what do I really think about this show as a whole? I really, really love it, but it's messy. And that was kind of like my original thought on it. But like the more I think about this show, the more I just realize that I don't care about the old characters anymore. This, and I don't think this a, show don't think just a, made me want to go rewatch Mando seasons one and two. Yeah. I'm what I'm we interested in there though is like I don't think that's an aging out of Star Wars thing. I think that is a we need to move on from these characters we've been seeing for decades now. Yeah, it's an aging out of the nostalgia for Star Wars and just wanting to know more about characters in this universe, which is why I'm really excited. I, I have reservations for Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I'm I'm really excited to get more time with Andor and with K2SO and with those characters we met in Rogue One and, and whatever, you know, other in-universe interactions we get as part of that that may or may not tie into things like uh, Jedi Star Wars force fallen hour whatever the new one words are hard star jedi wars fallen jedi order. fallen order i still expect cal Kestis to pop up in live action somewhere maybe yes, not so this I. year maybe not in any of the shows we know about right now but he is it is going to happen you mark imagine if he pops up in obi-wan i don't think obi-wan is the right spot i think andor could do it i think andor makes a lot more sense i just think it'd be hype to see obi-wan talk to this character like wait how have you survived yeah, but I'd also like Obi-Wan to answer the question of, like, who saved Grogu? Dude, the theories around who saved Grogu are 
freaking crazy. Have you seen the R2 theory? I have seen that one. Um, there was one I really, really liked for um, for Who Saved Grogu. Um, it's this character from um, from the Clone Wars. I'm forgetting her name. Oh, it's going to bug me. Uh, Barris, I think. Uh, yeah, Barris, um, who was a Jedi Padawan and was kind of like initially introduced to the show as like Ahsoka's best friend, mm. and goes down a very similar path of Ahsoka of being like, "Hey, this war is partially because of the Jedi, and no one here is willing to accept that." Mm. Um, and then she goes the extra length by planting a bomb and becoming a terrorist. I was gonna say she was bad by the end of that show, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Well, that was the only thing she did that was ever bad. Mm-hmm. And like, man, you, mind you, it's planning a bomb. <laughs> like, it's not nothing. Because do we know what happened to that character post Clone Wars? No. Interesting. Um, and one of the characters in that scene protecting Grogu looks very similar to her. Yeah, I, st- I still feel like it is, uh, like it's R2-D2. Because there was no interaction between R2 and Grogu in Mando, as far as I can remember. And when uh, R2 sees Grogu, uh, he is super excited. Like, there, like there's, there's no, like, there's no reason for R2 to be so excited about seeing Grogu in Mando than he already has an established relationship with this character. What more reason to be happy that this character is still alive than you being the reason why that character was able to survive in the first place. Yeah. I'd love that. I mean, R2 is that R2 is going to be one of those consistent things for all of Star Wars. Whether you like it or not, this droid is here to stay. Yeah, but I again, to your point, it's it's going to be nice to get some character development for characters that aren't tied to the original trilogy or to the the original George Lucas um scriptures and instead, you know, bring us something new. I think that's kind of our our summary of Boba Fett was it was fun. But we're ready for new stories. Yeah, this makes me really interested to see how we're going to feel about Obi-Wan. Because, shocker, we're probably going to be doing an episode-by-episode for Obi-Wan. <laughs> I don't know. Do people want that? I know I do. I do, and our views have been re- or listens have been relatively good on this show. So, <laughs> we're probably going to be talking about Obi-Wan. Well, I'm trying to think. Okay, so March 30th is the start of Moon Knight. So, that takes us through to 2, 3, 4, 5, 6... Beginning of May, so we'll have like two weeks between Moon Knight and Obi Wan. Not bad. No, we'll fill the air. Don't worry, don't you folks worry. We'll figure out there's, something to do when those episodes. Plenty but, to talk uh, about. Yeah, maybe it'll just be a, we'll do a speculation or something, or we'll go through like the assembled documentary series that they've been putting out for Disney Plus, uh, or maybe the shows or something, or just the idea of the format. We'll figure out a way to fill that time. But like we've said, you got this. This was great. We are going back. Starting next week with episode six of Behind the Attraction, we're going to finish up that first season of that show uh, with these weekly episodes, which leads us, I think, with a week to spare right into Moon Knight. We get through Moon Knight. We get to Obi-Wan. We get through Obi-Wan. We probably get to speculation as to what we get after Obi-Wan. Probably either She-Hulk or Miss Marvel. No. Depending on the timing of things and delays because of COVID. Miss Marvel, I thought they said was fall, didn't they? Did they say it was fall? I, I thought they know. did. I don't know how time works anymore, man. Fair enough. 
But yes, we will be continuing to do shows because, frankly, it's some of the most fun that we get to have on the show. But remember, if you are interested in catching up on the Behind the Attractions episodes, we know this one was weird just because of timing and stuff. The first five episodes are already up. We have done episodes on Jungle Cruise, Haunted Mansion, Star Tours, The Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, and Space Mountain. The back half of the season, too, is also very interesting because you get into things like the monorail and the Disneyland Hotel and the Hall of Presidents, like really weird stuff that's going to be interesting to talk about, you know, as a Canadian. But I'm really excited to get into this, chat about it with you. And to confirm, Disney has uh, stated that uh, Miss Marvel will release in mid-2022. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was the next series we got sometime early July uh, post-Obi-Wan Kenobi. But we don't want to just talk about Marvel and Star Wars, folks. Yes, we do. Okay, we like talking about them, but that's not the only thing we talk about, Mitch. No, it is not. (laughs) If there is a show that you want us to talk about, let us know. We want to hear it from you. Mitch, where can people tell us? You can tell us over on that there. Twitter box at D plus us is where you can find the show at Griffey D pad. That's G R I F F I D P A D is where you can find my lovely co-host and myself. I am over there at Mr. Mitch George or the links to all my other socials are at Mitch Please tell us what you want to see. On one hand, it helps us make content. On the other hand, I'm really curious what people are recommending on Disney plus these days. Because there's I've got, so I, much I had a great idea for our next proper episode, and I know we missed it with the usual recording time. So hopefully we can get that out before the that. end of the uh, or the end of the Winter Olympics. Because I think uh, it's time to feel the rhythm, Griffin. Yeah, our next episode is going to be about cool runnings. So Heck keep yeah, it is. That next week. <laughs> I also d- I did find us a guest for that, by the way. Oh sweet! Here's a fun thing. Mm. I've never actually watched that movie in its entirety. Oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> yeah folks that's right we do have a normal show as well every other week normally we are talk about a movie the next one is cool runnings but we do have previous episodes in that we've talked about star wars we've talked about marvel we've talked about disney we've even talked about other shows we've talked about rebels a lot in this episode there is a rebels episode up uh there's no clone wars episode up because that requires a lot of tv for me to watch not if we do the courtney cut it's I can't do that. I gotta to watch, watch all of it. I'm, I'm broken. I know. You're a broken human being. That's why we get along so well. <laughs> so keep an eye on those if you want to check those out in any other future content. And with that, that's where we're going to wrap up this episode and officially wrap up the Book of Boba Fett. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Mitch, this, is, this has been a hell of a ride for, book, for the this, Book of Boba Fett. This is the first thing you and I have talked about where we weren't super high on it the entire time. Yeah, it's it's a weird feeling, but like I'm kind of kind of excited to have something we're a little more critical of instead of it's just raving and reviewing. It's not our fault Disney and Marvel and Lucas and National Geographic and Star put out such great content. We've, we've almost never talked about the National Geographic content. We should definitely do an episode on some of those like Animal Kingdom documentaries or something because they're fun. They're really hard to do document. They're really hard to talk about, man. I know. Okay, those are that's for future discussions off camera. <laughs> Thank you very, very much for listening. We hope you've had a fun time listening to us because it's fun as we have recording it. We'll see y'all in the next episode, but until then, bright suns and have a magical day. Why is Mario Kart 8 getting DLC? It's 14 years old.